0: You are listening to Church Unlimited Students, a ministry of Church Unlimited. If God is speaking to you through this podcast, we encourage you to share this resource with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on social media by following at we are CU Students. Thank you for listening to Church Unlimited Students. If you've got your Bible, you can open up to... Um 1 Corinthians 13, 11, have the verses on the screen. If you don't have your Bible, you can open up on your phone as long as you're not checking your notifications, stuff like that. We want you to pay attention and listen to what the Lord has to say to you. So let's put that first verse up on the screen. It says this, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. That's not the verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 is the, here, I'll read. It, it's no big deal. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I think that's so strong because Paul's talking about his life. And he says, when I became a man, I put the past behind behind me, which many of us need to hear today. 1 Peter 2, one through three, a couple more verses that, uh, that Peter wrote. He says this, therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander and of every kind, like newborn babies when you're young in your faith. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up and your salvation so that you have tasted that the Lord is good. When you grow up, you begin to do things of a kid. And when you're a kid, you begin to do things of an older kid. And I tell my son to be a a big boy. You're not a man yet, but be a big boy. You're an older kid. When you're an older kid, you begin to act like a young man or young woman. And then before you know it, you're a man or a woman. We've gotta grow up. We gotta move on. What's next? How do I grow up? So we've been talking about the last three weeks. Who is your next? What's your next where is your next? And this week, as we kind of close out the series and we're going to be talking about the, the story of Tony Mack more than we'll be talking about what's next, but this week we're talking about how is your next? You know, my kids, y'all have heard me talk about my kids a lot. If you don't remember, I've got Deacon, he's seven. I've got London, she's eight, and I've got Aspen Joy, who's 10 months. They're amazing. I love my kids, but at the same time, you kind of just like, when you're, you're all held the football and you like punted it, you know what I'm saying? Like Sometimes I want to do that to my kids at the same time. Um, I'm sure you've never wanted to do that to a kid or your parents have never wanted to do that to you, but I'm ungodly. I'll admit that to y'all. Let me bring up my first kid, Deacon. So that's Deco. Showed that picture on Sunday morning a couple weeks ago. But um, that's Deco. He's a little fireball. But about, it was about two years ago, I said, son, it's time to grow up. And he's like, what do you mean, Daddy? And he still calls me Daddy. I love it. I'm gonna, he's going to be like 21, and I'm going to be like, call me Daddy, and his friends are going to make fun of him. But, um, but anyway, I said, I said, Deacon, it's time to grow up, son. What do you mean, Daddy? I said, men don't pee sitting down. <laughs> Isn't that right? Men pee standing up, son, and it's time to man up and stand up. You ain't sitting on that toilet anymore, son. You stand up and you pee. He's like, how do I do it, dad? I'm like, you just do it. No more sitting down. And he mans up and he stands up, and I'm like, now you're a man. Let's go. And so I taught him that, and my, my daughter, I'm trying to teach her to grow up and be a lady, like, oh, y'all, how many ladies we got in the room here? That's right. We got some ladies, and some of y'all are gonna be like, "Ah, that's okay. I do that." Well, that's not very lady-like. What my daughter does. So this is yesterday. I probably shouldn't be sharing this from stage. You can press record on pause. Um, but but yesterday on the way to school. so this oh that's London sorry this is so jacked up but very very funny and I was I was trying not to laugh because I wanted to discipline her but I had to laugh it's like one of those moments where you're like I shouldn't be laughing right now but it's really funny she says so she's sitting in a car seat my son's sitting next to her like this and she says Deacon does my cup holder smell bad because it's got like and we're kind of dirty, it's got gunk on the bottom of the cup holder. And so he leans over, and her his head's like in her lap, and she rips one in his face. Isn't she adorable? Like, what the heck is wrong with you, little girl? And I mean, it was, it was a good one. It's a good one, if you know what I'm saying. And so, and so like a couple of later, I don't know how she did it, but she did it again! And I'm like, first of all, I'm proud of you because you're farting on command. But I'm like, London, you can't, (laughs) you can't. (laughs) I'm like laughing like a little middle school girl. I'm like, London, you you can't do that, you're a lady. What, I gotta fart! I'm like, my goodness, London, no. (laughs) I can't even get mad, it was hilarious. And so my daughter, Aspen Joy, Yeah, she's amazing, she's awesome. We're just trying to teach her not to poop on herself. I mean, I got nothing with her. We're just trying to teach her to, to, I don't know, you can't really teach her much right now, you just gotta teach her not to fall on the ground. But we talked about who's next, we talked about what's next, where is your next, but how is your next. And one of the things about your next and how it is, it's about growing up. And it's one of the things that's challenging to do, but, but we need to grow up. So you may sit there and say, man, Nate, How is my next? Well, I'm so glad you asked, because that's what we're going to be talking about right now. Um, We're not going to be children in the faith anymore. We should be growing up. And I joke with Deacon about standing up and like that. I joke joke with London about being a a lady and all that. But there is times when when things that you're you're a child needs to be in the past. And it's the same way in our faith and stuff like that. You know, these kind of questions should be asked if you're walking with Christ when you're talking about next, you should be asking, you know what, what's next? We should be asking, who's next? We should be asking, where's my next? Or you know what, how is next? What does that mean? It doesn't even make any sense at times. And so God is doing something big. Listen to this, students. And this this isn't even fully what I'm talking about right now. But I just want you to hear this. God's doing something big in church unlimited. And I don't want to miss it. And students, students, I don't think you want to miss it either. Because I, I can promise you, I don't know what this looks like, so I'm not gonna try to define it, but we're getting ready to make history. And I, I don't know what that means, but we're getting ready to change a culture and change a generation if we have to. And it's gonna start right here. Because, because here's the thing, like, like, I talked about this about four weeks ago over spring break, three or four weeks ago over spring break, a lot of y'all weren't here, a lot of y'all were gone, all that kind of sweet, so question answers a lot of fun. But one of the things I said is, I'm not the student pastor, but who is? That's exactly right. Because God could call me and I could go home or I could do something stupid and get kicked out of the church. Or I could just go, you know what, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I'm going to go sell cars or something like that. Um, And I'm gone. But guess what? All of you are still here. You don't need me, you don't need a student pastor. You got yourself and you got your family right here. We need to act like a family because God is gonna do something big if we let him and we don't get in the way. And so let's, um, let's pray and let's just ask God to do something big in our ministry and our lives starting right now, let's pray. Father God, Jesus Lord, we thank you so much for what you're gonna do in this room tonight. And Lord, we just um, we pray that you do something big in this ministry. We pray that you do something big in our lives, that you begin in us so that you can soon work through us. Please do something in this ministry so that soon you can work through this ministry. Lord, how do we respond? What's our next? How is our next? And Lord, I just pray that others will join in the movement of what you want to do right here and right now. That we won't be distracted by anything that we desire, but that we will be distracted by you and you alone. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. All right, so how is next? Let's look at a character in the Bible, and we talked about him actually the first week when we talked about who's your next. We talked about Ananias leading Saul to Christ, who's actually a terrorist and a murderer. Well, we're gonna talk about the terrorists and murderers. Anybody know his name? Paul is exactly right, one of y'all said it. So Paul, who's formerly known as Saul, let me go through a little bit of his history real quick. He's a Jew, he studied the law of Moses and those that were a rabbinical Jew that are very faithful in their Judaism, they memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. That's like memorizing like an entire book like that you read for school. It's crazy what they used to do. He was a Pharisee, a religious nut, he was very legalistic, he was educated, he was trained under a dude named Gamaliel, I I can't even say his name right, Gamaliel, I think is how you say it. He's the best priest or rabbi of the entire time. Like everybody knew this dude and he was trained by him. It's like if you played ball, basketball, and LeBron James was your coach. Now, if you're like, oh, he's trained by LeBron, he's probably pretty good. Like, this dude was trained by the best. Um, He was a persecutor of Christian. He essentially killed the first martyr, Stephen, which we've talked about before, and we'll talk about it again. So if you look at what happened in his life, we started in uh, Acts 9 a few weeks ago when we learned about when he's walking on the road to Damascus and a bright light shines, and then out of nowhere he hears a voice and he says, who is talking to me? And he says, it's me, Jesus, and you've been persecuting me and my people, and so he comes to know Jesus, and so the first point of tonight is this. Paul went from religion to salvation. Paul went from religion to salvation. You know, a lot of people say, man, I hate religion. Well, that's good, so do I. I hate religion. I've been on airplanes before, and I'll try to have like a religious conversation or tell somebody about Jesus, and they're like, you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm like, bro, I hate religion, and they're like, oh, cool, we've got something in common, but I'm a passionate Christian, and they're like, what? Like, what does that mean? I hate religion because it's all about rules and legalistic and all that kind of stuff. Jesus isn't about rules. He ain't trying to point his finger at people. He's trying to wrap his arms around people. And Jesus is not about being legalistic. He's not about a religion. He's about salvation and a relationship. So he went from, Paul went from a head knowledge about Jesus. Listen, because I think some of us need to hear this. He went from a head knowledge about Jesus to a personal relationship with Jesus. Paul went from a head knowledge, meaning he knows everything about Jesus. He knows what he's done, and he died on the cross and died for all our sins. But at the same time, he didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and that's what happened with Paul. So Ananias, who was his next? Paul was. And so when you look at Acts 9 and you continue through that passage, passion, my goodness, when you continue through that passage, it says in verse 18, it says that immediately, I love that word, if you were at Sunday morning a couple weeks ago at Broadcast, I preached basically on the word immediately. Immediately he was baptized. I love that because a lot of times we see people get saved at a big event at Fame Favorites or on a Wednesday night or at camp or something like that and then a year later they're like, man, I'm kinda, kinda thinking about it, I'm kinda praying about it, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready. You know what you need to do? You need to stop thinking. You need to stop praying, and you need to start being obedient. Because if you gave your life to Christ, it's not something you pray about. It's something that you do. And in the New Testament, when you read through the New Testament, it's not like they took like a six-week class or they waited three months. They got baptized immediately. In verse 18 of chapter 9, it says this. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Paul's next was baptized baptism. And that was a point two weeks ago, and some of y'all need to hear that again, because next week we're going to baptize about 30 students, and we'd love for you to be one of them too. It's going to be inc- pretty incredible. So if you need to get baptized, um, you can come see us after. We'll put a number on the screen that you can see later on tonight. So Paul didn't wait till he was ready. He waited, to, waited now, meaning he didn't wait. Baptism was a non-negotiable. So what was next for him? You got salvation. You got bapti- baptism. He did immediate obedience but some of us sit there and still realize we need to be baptized. But, but here's the thing, God's calling you to be obedient in that. His next following baptism, like what is that? So it says, and immediately, there's that word again in verse 20. Put that on the screen in just a second. It says, immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is the son of God. Immediately he was baptized, and immediately he preached the message of God. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? You know, I asked myself that and it's, it's been a couple of weeks. The last time I sat down with somebody and I said, hey man, if you were to die today, do you think you'd go to heaven? Man, let me tell you about my Jesus and what he's done for me. When's the last time you've done that? Because Paul, who knew how his next was to take place, He was immediately baptized, and then he immediately proclaimed the word of God. So how is your next? Immediately. Paul's next, he told everyone about Jesus. His next was right where he was. Paul's next was right where he was. Your next tomorrow, we talked about this last week, your next tomorrow is right where you are today. We're waiting for tomorrow or down the road or when I get older or something like that, we talked about that last last week, your next, Tomorrow is right where you are today. You know, I had a friend, his name was Jacob Salsman. You should, you should find him on Instagram and tell him he's short and ugly. Um, it actually would be really funny if all of y'all did that. Um, he used to say something funny, and I never understood it, but it, just, it was something you just kind of laughed at. He'd say, hey, and he'd point at you as you're walking out the door, you go, remember, wherever you go, there you are. I'm like, what, what does that mean? And I'm like, okay, I think I get it, but... That's just weird, like it did not make any sense. But I thought about that as, as I'm preparing for this message and I thought, you know what? Wherever you go, that's where your next is. Like no matter where you are, that's where God's calling you to be obedient in your walk with Christ, whatever that looks like. In Acts 9, verse 22, it says this. Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews, this is before he came to know Christ, living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. He grew up. He changed his life. He told others about Christ, and everyone saw it. People saw the life change in Paul, and they began to live it out as well. So something else about Paul's next is a lot of of things that people don't realize, like what your next might be, it it was storms. Like, like Paul's next, it says in 9, 23, 25, he escaped persecution, he went through train wrecks, uh, I mean, shipwrecks and all kinds of stuff. But listen to this, storms took place as a part of his next. Your parents getting a divorce, your parents making bad decisions, a breakup, you get cut from the team, you get benched, somebody puts you down, she breaks up with you, he breaks up with you. I don't know what your biggest storm is going on in your life. I know what my challenges are. But with Paul, some of his next were the hardest times of his life. Let me kind of fly through a passage. I'll put it on the screen. But This is everything this dude went through. This dude went through everything. Like he got torn up. Listen to this. I'm going to kind of fly through this. We'll put it on the screen. This is Paul talking. He says, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, which means beaten half to death, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one, which means if he would have received one more lash, he would have been killed. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. He was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea like with no boat or anything. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger of rivers, bandits. I've been in danger of Jews, Gentiles, danger of city, country, danger at sea, everything, false believers. I have labored and toiled. I've often gone without sleep. I have known hunger, thirst. I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Like whenever you say your life stinks, look at Paul's life and tell me your life stinks. There's a young lady named Ashley Nicholas. She's in, she was in my ministry in Naples, Florida. She had something, I can't remember the exact disease she has, but basically her lungs begin to deteriorate. And so she needs a lung replacement every five years, and she wasn't supposed to exceed 22 years of age. She's 28 now. This was about two years ago, right before she was gonna have her second lung replacement, and I texted her and I said, hey, Ashley, how, how are you doing? Stacy's sitting right here, and we just, we just wanted to check on you. And she texts me back and she said, every breath is like I'm fighting for my life and it's hell on earth. And she said, and then she ended and just said, but still I I try to give praise to God. I'm just like, my my life doesn't stink. I, I got it pretty easy. And I look at Paul's life and I'm like, holy cow, are you kidding me? Like the dude would not give up, he would not tap out. There was no way, like if you're getting in a fight with this guy and you're trying to tell him that Jesus isn't real, he's like, you fight me as long as you want me, you kill me, I'm not tapping out of this. How many of y'all like UFC? Let me show you a picture. One guy's really excited. That's awesome. Let me show you a picture real quick. Some of y'all have seen UFC before. I like watching UFC. I think it's a lot of fun. It's pretty nasty. These dudes can brawl if I ever get in a fight with them. I'm running like a little girl. be like, ah! I mean, I'm not getting near these cats. Those dudes can fight and they do not care. But I watch them, and they get them in an arm bar, they get them in a hole, and you see them tap out, and you're like, oh, he got him to tap out. Like, you watch it with a bunch of guys, like, it's a lot of fun, it really is. But here's the thing, Paul was the type of guy that would not tap out with his relationship with Christ no matter what. Like, that's what I want to be. Like, I want to go through hell on earth, and I want to say, you know what? My life kind of stinks, it's kind of hard, but you know what, at the end of the day, God's good. Because I have breath, and I have life, and I have family, and I have a home in heaven when I die, and you know what, this may stink because I've got X, Y, Z, and A, B, C, and one, two, three, and this, this, and this, but you know what? God's still good. Like, like that's what Paul was like. And so, so I asked the question, how? Like, how in the world was he so faithful? I think it was all about his perspective. Because he understood something that, that, let's just, I won't even point the finger, that I don't think I understand. Paul understood something that I don't think I understand. In Philippians 1:21, it says this. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Like, living was all about Christ. Like, it was only about Christ. Dying was gain, and you know why? You're like, oh my goodness, death is not gain. Well, he knew he was gonna be with the Savior, so it was a gain, So living was about Jesus, death was all about Christ. And so he realized who, what, where, how is your next, no matter what, he needed to be obedient, no matter what the result, he wanted to do that. Acts 9, 27 says this. Barnabas took hold of him, it's another kind of one of the disciples, followers of Jesus. Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles. He had somebody challenge him in his walk with Christ. How is your next? Maybe you need to gather others around you that know Jesus and are walking with Jesus and have them challenge you and you challenge them. He was actively involved in a church and Christian community. He understood his calling to live as Christ and to die as gain. Students, let me ask you a question. Every eye up here, please. Why are you here? Just a question to ask. And I ask that in several different manners. You can interpret that question however you want. Why are you here? Like, why are you here at Church Unlimited, the student ministry of Church Unlimited, Fame students, why are you here on Wednesday night? And then I take the question a step further and ask the question, why are you here on this earth? Like, what for? What's all this for? Because life, people may tell you it's easy. No, it's, it's, it's pretty hard at times. So, so I ask the question, why are you here? Like, what's the point? Is it to play football and to graduate high school and maybe never play again? Is it to date her or him? Is it to live at home and then bounce and go to college for two years and then maybe get a job and be content and, yeah, I don't like my job, but, I mean, I'm making decent money? Because that sounds pretty boring. And if that's what we're here for, I'm out. Like, I'll just go to sleep and sleep in for a couple of years. Like, I'm, I'm done. I have a feeling, in fact, I know, that, that you're here for more than that. And maybe you came here for the wrong reason, and, like, you don't even want to be here at first. But then you sit here and you're like, maybe, maybe God does got a purpose for my life. Maybe God wants to use me. Maybe God gave me this talent in football or volleyball or arts and crafts. Not arts and crafts, but arts and drama and and arts and crafts and dwindling things. and You know what I'm trying to say. But but singing, I mean, whatever your talent may be, maybe the Lord gave you that as a stage to present the name of Jesus. I had a friend, listen up, don't clap. I had a friend, uh, and his son was a kickboxer. The dude was a stud. He was like 21 years old. He was a beast, but he was a strong Christian. And he said, Dad, kickboxing my plat- is my platform for Christ. He said, man, I'm going <laughs> to beat the snot out of people, but then I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And he had respect, and everybody knew him, and then he got cancer. He's like 23 years old. He's about to die. He looks at his dad, and he says, Dad, I was wrong. What do you mean you're wrong? You've been unbelievable. You've lived a perfect life. Son, you're amazing. I'm so proud of you. He said, No, I was wrong. He said, kickbox boxing wasn't my platform for Christ, it was cancer. And he led 63 nurses to Christ in a hospital. What's your platform? How's your next? Because God doesn't want you just sitting there sick and tired of being sick and tired and miserable. That's no fun. I've been there before, I've done that before. I've lived the life that I regret living. And guess what, it goes nowhere. But God wants you to be used right where you are and he wants you to use that platform, that stage for his name. And I'll tell you what, it's better than any high. It's more exciting or more exhilarating than any low, any roller coaster, any drug, any girl, any guy. And I've done a lot of those things unfortunately but when I live in a right relationship with Christ, listen, there's nothing more exciting, nothing. And students, I tell you right now, God's got more for you. I promise you, God's got more for you than what you're dabbling in right now. That pornography, that crap that you're looking at online, guess what, God doesn't want you there. That boy, no, don't clap, don't clap. That boy that you're with right now that doesn't even care for you, God doesn't want you there. God wants you to be a light for him and to be used by him, and guess what? The peace that you feel in a a peaceful, satisfying relationship with Christ is irreplaceable. It's indescribable, I promise you. And so I wasn't gonna do this, but everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you sit there and you say, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, And right now, I'm gonna make this very simple, very clear, and very quick. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I understand that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth. He stepped out of heaven to walk on this earth, and he died on the cross, and God put all the sin of the world on him, and, and I just, I've never given my life to Christ, but I want to right now. If that's you, then I want you to stand up. I'm just gonna make, it, I'm gonna make it hard for you right now. Typically, I just say, hey, look at me, all that kind of stuff, awesome. Few of you all being real, group of friends. Let's go ahead and keep our heads down, our eyes closed. You know what, let's just do it differently. Everybody look up right now. If you say, I'm gonna make it hard for you tonight, sometimes I'm gonna make it challenging to give your life to Christ, because it's not easy being a Christian. It's easy to surrender your life to Christ at first, but then, then walking with Jesus, man, it's, it's challenging at times and I don't wanna confuse you. So if you sit there and you say, man, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, I wanna surrender my life to Christ because he died on the cross for me, he died on the cross for me, he was buried and three days later he arose from the grave. And I wanna surrender my life to that. There's about four or five girls that stood up. If that's you, just, just stand up. Make it hard for you, I appreciate y'all being real. That's awesome, okay. Okay, let's stop there. I gave you a chance to stand up. We're gonna leave it right there. If, and you're like, wait, I was getting ready to stand. No, I wanna challenge you. If you still wanna stand and give your life to Christ, then I want you after to come find me, come find Pastor D.Q. or Pastor Louie, or our adults they are basically pastors of this church, and I want you to say, hey, I wanna give my life to Christ. I just don't wanna make it easy for you because it wasn't easy for Jesus. But, but God wants to do something in your life. And this isn't anywhere where I was going with this message, but I just, I I feel like we need this right now. Because God doesn't want you to just be content. God wants you to go for it. And God wants you to win tens and twenties and hundreds of friends to Jesus. Can you imagine? Like, I'm the reason, arrogantly you're speaking, I'm the reason that those 50 friends gave their life to Christ. Like, I'm not gonna like put that online or anything, but I can selfishly say like, Holy cow, Is obedient to Jesus, and this whole group of people is coming to heaven with me because of my obedience. That can happen. All right, so if you're standing up right now and you want to surrender your life to Christ, that is what I want to ask you to do. You standing up and you standing up only, I want you to pray and repeat after me out loud. This is only if you're surrendering your life to Christ for the very first time. If you say, man, I'm already a Christian, I was just moved by what you are saying, that's fine, you can grab a seat. If that's you, then I just want you to cry out right now and cry out out loud, we'll say it as a family, say this out loud. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned, but you died on the cross for me. Please give me a home in heaven when I die. I surrender my past. I surrender my present. I surrender my future unto you. Please come into my life and live with me forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, let's do this, if you're standing up right now, let's just, Miss um, uh, Carolina, are you available? Uh, Louis will. Uh, he's gonna, if you would just step out of the aisle, follow Louie, my man Louis, stick your hand up high. He's a little shorter, so you gotta stick it really high. Hey, stand up, man, stand up. Oh, he is standing up, sorry about that, bro. Um, just follow Louie out, and he's just gonna, um, hey Louie, hey, let's do this. Y'all stay with Louie for just a second, I'm gonna call a, a lot of you to come forward at the beginning of the song to do something, and so if any of y'all wanna do that, but just don't forget who you are, don't, that makes no sense, don't forget who you are, seriously. Um, and you'll go back to Louie, I know it's kind of confusing me, let me tell you what I'm gonna do next. All right, listen, next week, we've got a really, really, really big announcement. Um, you're like, what does that mean? We're gonna make some changes in FAME students. And you're going to find out next week, but we're also going to have, I keep forgetting, they try to tell me every week, we're going to have um, inflatable dodgeball, we got Kona ice, free food, we got bubble soccer, it's going to be awesome, DQ's going to dance on stage, it's going to be really cool, he's a great dancer, um, he's going to dance I say, which else did you say you're going to do, you do the worm on stage, the centipede? You didn't, no, I didn't ask you, bro, I was starting to DQ, <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, man. But hey, listen, I'm very serious about this because I changed what I was kind of closing out with just because I feel like some of us needed to hear that. I'm praying for this. You're going to think I'm, I'm stupid, but I'm really praying for this. I'm praying for 700 people to be there next Wednesday night. That room holds. If it was in here, we could cram them in here and it'd be all fun and all that kind of stuff. That room holds probably about 350 people. And so they're going to be like, on the laps and all that, and you're like, man, I really want to cuddle with this girl. Come next week, maybe we get to cuddle. Um, uh, Just just stage yourself, be like, let me get next to her. Um, I'm sorry, you didn't hear me say that. Uh, But next week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. And I want, I don't care if it's every conversation between now and next Wednesday, I want you to talk to your friends about the really, really big announcements. So you can say bubble soccer, you can say all kinds of stuff. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fun. But here's the thing. Here's the most exciting part. Students are gonna have an opportunity to surrender their life to Christ and students' lives are gonna be changed forever. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you wanna be a part of bigger, something bigger than yourself? Yeah, shake your head. you wanna be a part of something bigger than yourself? Yeah, like I don't wanna be a part of something small and do nothing. This is gonna be huge. And that's why we're calling it the Really, really, really big announcement because it's going to be big and fun and exciting, but lives are going to be changed, and we're going to see God get ready to do something astronomical in our ministry. And so here's what I'm going to ask you all to do. These cards are kind of scattered and thrown on the floor and all that. That's kind of fine. We knew that would happen. If you're just like, man, I'm I'm ready to go for it. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm through. I'm, I'm getting serious about my friend's salvation for next week. I want you to stand up right now and come up here and grab a stack of cards. You can grab four or five or 10 or 20. If we run out, that's fine. We'll, we'll try to print some more. And you can, say, if you grab some, go ahead and scoot around. Save some, grab about five, don't grab 20 or 40. Here's some cards right here, you want some, homie? There you go, man, that's awesome. But seriously, it's gonna be an amazing night. It is gonna be a lot of fun, but it's gonna be incredible. Do not miss out on this opportunity. Some over there on the side of the stage. "Hey, save some, Jocelyn, don't take everyone. You had, that's awesome. She says, "I have to."